but I, there are two more things I'd like to accomplish. One is an absolute children's book. I'm talking about the simplest, taking extremely difficult ideas with really good illustrations and bringing it down to the simplest possible. That's um, going to be amazing. And that should well, be uh, every uh, adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be a children's book for children of all ages. Exactly. <laughs> uh, because because it really is about that. We have bought into, and I mean bought into, um, the ultimate lie. Yes. Whether it's um, the political lie, the commercial lie, the religious lie. All of it. When rea- and reality's right in front of us. I'm going to, I'll say one more thing. The, the other day, uh, I was at Facebook, and there was a... Somebody put something out there that had a circle in it, and it had a bunch of dots, and it says there is no yellow uh, in this circle. And clearly there was yellow. But it says, well, there is no actual yellow. It's just that these dots, the way they're designed or whatever, they, they interface in a certain way where you perceive yellow. Well, but if I perceive yellow, then, there, then there's yellow. Yes, exactly. Because yellow is a vibration, a, a frequency or vibration. So if I'm detecting yellow with my eyes... There's yellow. Yellow is an Angstrom unit, absolutely. And then, but, but what they wanted was to get me to agree that it didn't exist, even though I was seeing it. <laughs> it's the top and that's order. what's happening. That's what they're. That's what's happening. They're getting people to agree with things that are obvious by eye, by tactile, by touch, by smell. They're saying it doesn't exist. It is right out of 1984. How many fingers am I holding up? Yes. And that's that they're getting people to deny what's right in front of their eyes. And it's so obvious. Well, this is what's so crazy looking at the house of the dead is all this. It looks like a cartoon world. It looks like a cartoon to me, Kurt. Well, years ago, I dove into the word cartoon. Oh, yay. <laughs> and, and, and it is. It actually is, by definition, cartoon. Um, the whole idea of cartoon. I mean, what do you think DC comics are? Dead. Let's see. How about District of Columbia? District of, right. Of course, of course, of course. DC, DC comics. I, I actually think if you, if you dug far enough back, you'd see direct links to all this nonsensical stuff. And they are laughing at us because we will buy anything they sell us. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I would really just prefer to wake up in the morning, enjoy the smell, you know, without the chemtrails or without <laughs> the fluoride in the water. I would prefer a world, you know, very simple world. And uh, that's what uh, I'm struggling. Uh, this is, I'm tired. I want a simple world as well. I, I feel tired and I'm, I'm just a, I'm a decade younger than you, I think something like that. Well, it's fun. it's fun now. I mean, I think we're gonna we can have a lot of fun when when we stick with the truth and just stay with the truth. Yeah. In other words, don't even argue. That's why pacifism is so beautiful because pacifism there is no enemy. There's no enemy to truth. So if you just stick with with reality and 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 say, hey, listen, I can't stop you from doing what you're going to do, but I but I can always tell the truth. Yes. And and so by telling the truth and not arguing. And people don't understand what I'm saying. When I say don't argue, don't admit anything, don't say I don't owe that money, don't argue about anything. Say, listen, I'm a pacifist. You know, I'm not even sure I'm not even sure how I got involved with this. That looks like an, an impossible contract to me. It looks like I'm gonna have to kill myself in order to perform what it is you're asking me to do. And and use words that that make it impossible for them 
to proceed. That's an imp- it looks like an impossible contract to me. It looks like I have to be dead in order to, to do what you're asking. And I'm not willing to do that. I'm not yes. willing to kill myself to, to give you what you're after. That statement to me is in the spiritual warfare that I see going on. It, they want you to deny God. Yes, and that the breath is of denying God. what? <laughs> well, and, and one last thing about that is I'm looking at down at a piece of paper on my dining room table right now. That Let's just pretend that this piece of paper represents a birth certificate, a person or a birth certificate. Um, I'm standing above it, and I'm breathing. I'm a living, breathing, three-dimensional supreme being at this point. I am the supreme being, by the way, because my supreme beingness began at fertilization will end with the last breath. I'm a supreme being. Yes. But I'm looking down at this piece of paper. What they got us to do is by me believing in this paper, I have chained God to a piece of paper. Think about that. I've chained God through my belief in the paper character. I have denied God where I'm, I'm out here in reality. But if I, if I believe in this piece of paper character, this birth certificated character, I have now chained God to paper. Think about that. That's what they've done. They've got us through our own admission to chain God to their character, their paper character, their paper doll. When you say the Christians killed themselves, I found that very provocative and I loved it. And that was in your last showing. Um, see, in the Bible, a lot of people think, you know, well, first, first of all, let's just be clear. The Bible's fiction. Yes. Um, it's fiction. So the characters in it are allegorical or fictitious. But the death of Jesus came at the hands, at the hands of the Gentiles. It didn't come at the hands of anyone else. The Gentiles wanted, they chose Jesus to die. The Gentiles. And this is hard, this is, I'm going to go to the definition of Gentile. I'll just go to Webster's. Because the easiest thing is for me, rather than it sound like I'm making crap up, I'll just, okay, so Gentile, um, often capitalized, this is just a Merriam-Webster online, a person of a non-Jewish nation or of a non-Jewish faith, especially a Christian as distinguished from a Jew. So Gentile is a Christian. So to, when you hear the word Christian and Gentile, they're interchangeable, ultimately. Well, go into the Bible and find out what happened to Jesus. Um, and you'll find out that the Gentiles demanded his, they chose him to die. So the Christians chose to kill Jesus. It's all them. I mean, you can't get away from this. What's amazing about that, and this is where people don't understand the biology, Jesus in the Bible speaks of himself as I am. I am. I am is your very presence. It's me speaking to you right now in the present moment. That's I am. I'm not speaking to you from the past, I was, and I'm not speaking to you from the future, I will be. I'm speaking to you from the present moment, I am. So Jesus refers to himself as I am, which is presence. Presence. 
So the Christians, i.e. Gentiles, when they demanded the execution of Jesus, they demanded the execution of I am. They demanded the execution of their own presence. And they got it. So now anybody that accepts the, the um, sacrifice of Jesus, they, they're accepting their own present sacrifice, the sacrifice of their own present being, which means they get to go into a historical fiction or a historical document, their history. I'm a history man. Yeah, you are actually. Your history. <laughs> because you've sacrificed your I am, your, your very presence. People don't know that Jesus is your own presence, your own physical presence, your own being. The only thing they had to do was get people to agree that he died for their sins. Now, isn't that funny? I mean, I want you right now to name me somebody that it's okay to kill. I know. I've never found this to be... <laughs> it's not possible. You, yeah. There, yeah, I mean, there is nobody. So, well, it was 2,000 years ago, Kurt. It's okay to murder somebody for my, for my salvation today. Oh, so it's okay 2,000 years ago that somebody was tortured and died so that, see, the point is, is all they had to do is get you to agree that that was acceptable. Once they get you to agree that it was acceptable then to kill somebody or then somebody's I am, guess what? All they have to do is just say, it's going to be you today. You're, it's going to be your sacrifice, your self-sacrifice today. So that's how they got it. They got people to agree that it's acceptable to kill somebody on their behalf and ultimately it becomes themselves. So the Christians basically are self-sacrificing for, they think of it as a greater good, but they're self-sacrificing or self-sacrificing for what? For commerce. They are the subrogates, they are the sacrificial lamb if you, or the scapegoats for those running the show. And they don't know it. They think that they're doing a good thing when ultimately what they're doing is they're killing themselves, you know, or sacrificing themselves. And they're none the wiser. They never will be. They never will be. So I had also this idea of stake to Rome, I found provocative. Staked, staked, S-T-A-K-E-D? Yeah. Well, I mean, so, and this is, this is easy stuff when you understand. Okay, so let, let's, let me draw a picture for you. Baby's coming out of the womb. Okay, hey, my baby boy's coming out of the womb. I'm, I'm excited as heck. There he is. Oh, my God, first time I ever seen this kid. Unbelievable. They clamp and cut the cord. They wrap him up, give him to mom, and I go over and I look at this kid. And it's just beautiful. By the way, my son is beautiful. Um, <laughs> he's 30 years old now, but anyway. Um, a few minutes later, doesn't matter how long, the afterbirth comes out. The second coming. The second coming comes out. And I just want, I want you to envision it coming out and falling to the floor. Yes. When it falls to the floor, it's located there. Now, I'm, I don't even... I might look over there, you know, and, oh my God, but I don't. I'm more enamored with my new baby boy. This afterbirth, I've, I, I don't even think about. Why would I? Because I've been told it's just waste material or whatever. So it's laying on the floor of the hospital. 
The hospital is located on the county of Winnebago. The county of Winnebago is located in the state of Illinois or Illinois. Illinois is located in the United States of America, which is located on American soil. American soil was claimed by Rome in 1493 through Intercetera. So America, the soil, or the Americas, North, Central, and South, are known as Roman Catholic. The Americas are claimed by Rome for Roman Catholicism. So where this decedent second coming material has fallen is to, the, is to Rome. It's actually fallen on the ground of Rome. That's where it is memorialized. So its location, Swedish American Hospital at, on September 19, 1960 at 3.50 a.m., at these coordinates at this, in this room is where I fell to Rome my biology. And so it, it remains fixed. It's a fix in a fixed position or it is staked to Rome. Think of that elephant with the rope around its ankle. Yes. It can only go so far because it believes that that, that rope will hold them. Well, that's what the birth certificate does. It keeps us staked into a system or into a matrix um, that we don't even know exists anymore. And we can only go so far because that, Rope, if you want to really think about it, is the umbilical cord. We keep reconnecting or recording ourselves, right? It's called a record, but let's say it a different way. It's a record. <laughs> so they, we record ourselves to that infancy every time we claim the birthday. And now where it fell, fallen angel, fallen man, fallen, yes. you know, uh, uh, infantry man or whatever, fallen soldier, that is where we were fallen. We were sacrificed right there in that spot where we fell. That's the sacrifice. That's the spot. And they put a cross up there for us. There's a cross. Now, it might be just figuratively, but that's a cross. And that's the point where we're staked to civilization or Rome itself. That's where we become civilized or not. That's and and one law. Yeah, that's a Roman civil law, which came into play during, or you know, during the Civil War. Hence, the word "civil war." Um, <laughs> I, I know it's right in front of us. Why, why did they call it civil war? Because it's a war with Rome over the Americas, <laughs> the North, the head, heaven versus the South, the body, the labor. <laughs> The polarities. You got to think of these things as as polarities. The whole idea of civil rights takes on a way different shade. Civil rights. What's really interesting about the whole the, the years of the Civil War is this first Civil Rights Act of 1865 or 1866. Then they had the Metric Act of 1866. Metric. <laughs> metric as in as in measurement. Yes. <laughs> and and metric and the metric act is always metrics have always been international. So they had a standard and a metric. Babies weighed uh pounds standard and then the afterbirth is weighed metrically. It becomes an international unit. So again, the biometric cut putting the placenta into the international realm where the baby now is domestic or whatever. It's really a strange thing when you start to look at this is this is well over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, 150 years old they've been at this stuff. There were thousands of years in the church, but but yeah, since the civil war they've been they've been messing around with our our biology um since at least 1865. 
this is just bringing in some modern stuff, but there are statistics out there right now that show that people are graduating without knowing how to read or write, and they're uh, lowering the bar. They're lowering, they're actually telling certain groups of people they don't have to do math. This reminds me of all that stuff that's gone on in loops in the past. You know, the whole the whole Huguenot thing. Like, if you don't know how to read and write or do math as... I mean, I don't know. Like, how how does one? Th- this just looks like further servitude or further uh, bonds to a system. If if that's the level in which masses of people are now coming into the civil law. Well, they they don't need the people that can't read or write or can't do any of that stuff. They're going to be doing the tasks that are going to be required in that society in the future, which is um, all digital. That's why they don't need to read or write. Yeah, they don't, and and they're they're just going to. I mean, go watch the movie um, Surrogates. Yes. Uh, you know yeah. where where they're all wearing their suits out there right. in the fake public, and and they're all. You know, either attractive or not attractive, ugly. I mean, basically, that what they showed in that movie was a physical um, form of a, an avatar. Yes, that's all. I mean, so you're talking about a digital realm where we can sit at home and 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 make ourselves look great on a in a digital. About that's why I don't allow even Facebook. If somebody responds to me with an avatar of themselves. You know, like you know, I'm I'm a white guy with with what used to be blonde hair. If I did that, if I created an avatar that I wanted to, you know, represent me, uh, I would kick myself off the site. You know, because <laughs> I <laughs> I don't want any digital represent representative. I don't want to mess with the digital realm at all. I don't like the thought that people think it's acceptable. Even patriots out there that used to scream and holler about the fiat currency that are out there trading, they're out there trading cryptos. I mean, they're, they're dumber than a box of rocks at this point where they at least the, the, the fiat dollar with, that had a paper bill, um, at least <laughs> representing it, you could put it in your wallet. These yeah. guys now, they don't even, they, they want you to believe in a wallet. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, a virtual wallet where you can put your virtual money. Uh, you know what? Here's my virtual middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> I've had so much trouble trying to wrap my head around that. But then I did a whole investigation into like Second Life, the game. And oh, my God. <laughs> I, I I think what happened was is the NSA had to change the batteries in their recorder. Oh, jeez. <laughs> My whole board went black there. Yeah, well, we're talking about this stuff. The There's been a few weird things, I'll tell you right now, Kurt, since we've been talking, besides the light coming on. Uh, but Alana Freeman also talking about this entrainment that goes on in the brain, and that's why I didn't go any further from Second Life. And they called it Second Life intentionally. And within Second Life, you're living in a sim, but you have to make money and the money's cryptos and you can pull the cryptos out and and turn them into whatever fiat you want. But you have to have a job that everything is still servitude in that world. It is literally this world, but it's in that form. And you just get to change 
what your avatar looks like, right? You're still dealing with other people that are possessing those avatars. And and then we're talking about hooking our sensate systems through VR and all that. And soon they're talking about all this operating system within our biology. And this starts to look very dark, very fast, Kurt. Yeah, but they can, but they will be able to do that if you don't understand um, the genetic link or the biological link. It's required. They require your energy, your true energy input, um, in order to be able to gain value or get value for their their you know their uh, digital characters. They they still require your energy because that's what they're really trading. They're they're trading on your energy. Yes, I recognize that. And I, I recognize the whole thing as a distortion facsimile of the natural. And I also recognize that one, by playing into it, just like we're talking about here, you're giving up your jurisdiction as a man of God, essentially, right? As a freeman. You're giving up your, A, your authenticity, but ultimately your authority. authority. And when I say authority... When I say authority, I mean as the author of your life, yes. the story of your life, my story, my story. Yes. Um, and, and, of course, they call it a mystery. They, they, they actually use the word mystery when, because when they speak of my story, they call it a mystery because most people don't know where their story begins. My story begins at fertilization. Yes. Um, and it ends actually with that last breath, my story but since I don't know when my story actually begins, because I've I've inadvertently claimed a birthday, because everybody else does, <laughs> then my story becomes a mystery. What's really strange? Again, I'm now I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm just gonna go. Well, it is. It's a mystery. <laughs> so good. Uh, are you a, are you a music fan? Yes, I am. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a couple of album covers out there over the years that blew, even blow my mind. Okay, so I'm going to type in mystery at Webster's. And this is really weird stuff because you don't realize that the, what the, where these words take you. Mystery. It is exactly what most people think. Something not understood. Where is it here? Something not understood or beyond understanding. An enigma. Uh, a piece of fiction dealing usually with the solution of a mysterious crime. <laughs> <laughs> um, a secret or specialized practices or ritual peculiar to an occupation or a body of people. Mm, okay. Peculiar. Mystery schools. Yeah, the mystery schools. Um, no, D says obsolete is it's a private secret. Uh, number two says a profound, inexplicable, or secretive quality. It, this is where it gets weird, though. Number three, A, a religious truth. That one can know only by revelation and cannot fully understand. Mm. Um, revealing. Revelation means to reveal. Yes. And to, to not be able to fully understand. Well, it's hard. I, 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 I've only talked about this one other time. But about three weeks ago, before, before that first broadcast, number 46 or 45, I think it was called Cloud of Dirt, um, I actually had a really strange... You might call it a dream. I'm not sure what it was. And I, I experienced um, at a very, very deep level uh, that in the womb time. Mm. And I woke up sobbing. Mm. 
I mean sobbing. I mean, and and I didn't want Debbie to know, you know, that because this it, she would have been afraid. Yes. <laughs> you know, because and if I would have allowed it to continue, I mean, it was one of those so deep sobs that it was so core. It was so deep. If baptism does exist, I experienced it that morning. What was the imagery? It was the feeling. I, I'm getting goosebumps right now. But it was the feeling of the importance or the connectedness to that journey, that 280-day journey, and what it meant. When I woke up or when I, whatever, when I came out of that, this shit out here, I, I, w- I was washed. I was washed. This shit means nothing to me now. Yes. And I, that experience was so amazing. I now realize what a waste, what a waste of this one go around we've made. Yes. Chasing dollars and all this other nonsense, sex, whatever, whatever it is you think turns you on. Yes. It's a fucking waste. Yes. I and, and that I journey was so beautiful. Yeah. And so important, and we have we actually have abandoned it. It's the only <laughs> thing that matters, and that's it. That's what I got out of it. It's the only thing that mattered. Coming out here, we get to experience all this stuff. But in that, when we were in that vessel, when we were we were evolving exponentially, in that our our experience in that womb was infinite, and it was so important. And yet, I, the reason I think I cried is because uh, the fact that we've forgotten it. And we don't even care about it. All we care about is, you know, the next piece of ass or, you know, getting drunk watching football or whatever. I, I mean, it is. caring about all that stuff so long ago. You are hitting at the core of my own personal work. I have been intentionally trying to work on the memories of that time. Well, I experienced it at such a deep level that, it, like I said, if baptism exists as a thing, yes. I was baptized that morning. Yes. By the waters of mother. I mean, um, let me say, here it is, 3A, religious truth, 3B1, um, it's some religious crap, 3B2, capitalized, mystery, a Christian sacrament, and 3B2, Specifically, mystery is the Eucharist. Yes. <laughs> which is the afterbirth material. <laughs> I know, we're right back to the Holy Grail again. See, the, and again, the Eucharist and the Holy Grail are one and the same thing. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> it, you know, and they put in Revelation that mystery is written on her head, the, the Bab- on Babylon's head. But then you have to define head. Well, right. Um, it's on her forehead. <laughs> and, and and then you got to maybe pronounce baby lawn or understand <laughs> that word. Yes. You know? Exactly. Now, I don't do things. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, that split up words where they don't belong to be split. I, I'm, I'm very careful in, in my... Uh, determination. I stick with very simple definitions first because the definitions, even something as simple as mystery takes you right to the Eucharist. <laughs> and, and if my story and the mystery are one and the same thing, just a different pronunciation, yes. then my story is the Eucharist. Yes. Yes. See, that's what, again, his story is third party, third person nonsense where, and, and, and that's the tertium quid. That's somebody, not me or not mom. It's, it's him, you know, not me, him. That's why they don't want us to, to identify in such a way anymore 
um, I, I'm taking full ownership of my life from fertilization to this moment. There is no him. Fuck him. You know what I mean? <laughs> By the way, let me, I'll say something about fuck, too. People don't realize that the word fuck means nothing more than to implant or basically to occupy. So when my, when, when my zygote, now called a conceptus, when it plants into the wall of the uterus, oh, yes. that, that occupation of mom's land, mom's uterine wall, is it, it, that's an old farmer's term, to be fucked. So now when I am occupying that land, whether it's through the, the placenta, the, the second coming placenta, or while I'm in the womb, in that zygotic conceptus material, You're I am a, a true motherfucker. I'm a motherfucker <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> it's totally hilarious. And, and like how pure that is and people don't even understand. No, they, they don't understand because they're, they're all offended. You know, in their, in their piety or their purity, they're going to go to church and say, oh, Kurt just talked about Oedip- the Oedipus complex or whatever. You know, he's a motherfucker, but, but I'm saying it in a way that words define it. So there's no sexual connection. There's no under, under, you know what I mean? There's nothing grotesque about it. It is what it is by an old farmer's term. But if your head's, if your head is in the gutter, yes. then you can, you can believe what you want. Well, that's the mind thing that we were talking about earlier. And that's part, that's where the real enslavement or servitude is happening. For so many. The, the concept of servitude then, ultimately, you, you asked this a long time ago and I never a- answered it. Slavery the versus servitude. Yeah, slavery is, is way different. The 13th Amendment talks about involuntary servitude. So they say they got rid of slavery and involuntary servitude is going to be based upon basically being stuck in prison. Well... Obviously, I ended my sentence by using a period. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I'd throw that in, but that's not what I was going to say. But it is true. I did end my sentence by, by, you know, using that initial period. Yes. And, of course, if I add the initial period, am I not adding the first 280 days in the womb? Isn't that my initial period? Yes. Yeah. Yes. See how weird that is? It is. Um. But the, the, the difference is, is that when mom's pellucid membrane, when she gave me that material, when she surrounded me or ensconced me or enveloped me in that material after fertilization, that was a dowry granted directly, a matrilineal dowry directed, given directly to me. There's no middleman there. I don't need to get that material from some other religious organization that gives me the motherland or permission to use earth. That's what they're saying. They're saying that because I don't recognize what mom gave me, the dowry mom gave me, the matrilineal dowry, the Lucy. I call her Lucy, obviously. Yes. Um, They're saying that I don't have a right to be on earth. So men are from Mars, women are from Venus or, or whatever. Earth is supposed to be feminine or, or female. They're saying that as a male, I don't have a right to be here without that dowry, without evidence of that dowry. So I have to go bend the knee to Mother Church or Mary in order to have the right to be on Earth. Oh, my God. Which is Rome. So that's what they're saying. If I have that, if I have knowledge of that, then I have a pass. I have a right of way because it's, you know, I'm the owner. And as the owner of that land that mom gave me, 
Um, I can't have a servitude over my own property. That's a, that's a legal maxim. So a man can't have a servitude over his own property, over his own land. So if mom gave it to me directly, then I don't need to go in a roundabout. I don't need to go through somebody to cross over that land. Now, think about it. In the womb, there's me in my little spaceship, my little vessel, right? Whose land am I passing through? Mother's. Moms, mothers. Yes. <laughs> what happens if I don't get a pass? What if I don't get to, what if I don't have a right of way through that land? Wouldn't you pass? I mean, well, you wouldn't. I, I, you I'd would be die. stuck. Yeah. I would, I would be stuck there. If I can't cross over mom's land, if I don't have a right of way between imp, the point of implantation into the wall of the uterus and coming out through the birth canal, if I don't have a right of way over mom's land, I'm stuck in there. I know I'm sitting here and it's, it, this is all weird stuff, but it, it, on paper, right. if I can't get out of right. her because I'm stuck on some island, some, you know what I mean, some, some uterine wall island. If I'm stuck there and I can't and I can't prove that I had a right of way to get out, I need to pay a toll or I need to I need to, to use somebody to help extract me from mother and that's the bar association. And so this is where shore is an important word. Or is it You mean for me to reach shore? Yes. That was huge. I mean, I, I, I really, really worked hard to get Linda to understand where the shoreline was. Yes. If all of mother's womb is water, right. I'm not saying it is because there's biology, but I'm saying in the waters of mother, inside of mother, that's water world. That's the world of water. That's where I'm in my vessel. That's where I'm traveling in my vessel, in the water-based vessel. Yes. But the moment I get to... um the, right at that point, between that world, the, unbro- the unborn world, and the born world, outside of the womb, outside of the, just beyond the vagina, is what? Dry land. Yes. That's the shoreline. Yes. So I come out of mom, I come out of mom as baby, and of course I'm naked, but I come out of mom naked, they cut off the extra embryonic material, so now I truly am naked. And I, I'm on the ground, so to speak. I am a native of on the that. ground. Yes. I'm a, I am. A, I am an indigenous person of the ground on the land. Yeah, on, on the, the land, land, right? Yes. Which makes me a savage. Yes. Now, as an indigenous person, I become subject to intercetera Roman Catholic Church. If they find me. If they find that savage, they their job is to convert him to Christianity. Ugh. That's conversion. <laughs> That's what they're doing in the courtrooms. They're converting you. Oh my God! To Christianity. Have you ever seen the movie um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? I don't think I have. You need to watch that because that's about they 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 pretend that they're they're selling land. Uh, it's a great movie. Won a lot of awards. But there's a scene in there when they're talking about, you know. This basically, when he says, have you, have you made your commitment to Christ? I mean, that's basically a courtroom where they're, they're, they don't say they're lawyers. They're not. They're actually selling land. But that's a court scene. 
where you're being converted from a heathen, from a savage, from an indigenous person to Christianity. Because you came out, when you come out of mom, you're an indigenous person on the land. And you're available for conversion through Intercetera. So through, through this, people may be misconstruing the idea of beast and savage. Uh, um, when I talk of beast, I, I, we biologically are animals. Right. That's all. We're yeah. just animals, yeah. biologically. It's our consciousness that keeps us in check. That some people would call Christ consciousness, where I know that I should love you as myself. I should treat you like I would want to be treated. Golden rule, all that stuff. Yeah. That's somebody that's truly in tune with or are conscious of their limits. My limit is from fertilization to last breath. Everything in that, in that space, time space, is mine. If you trespass, if you come into that space, if you demand something that's not yours, we're going to have a problem. Now, if you and I are of the same mind, we'll call it Christian, then we both know the limits of each other's estate and we won't trespass. We won't try to take stuff from each other or fight over what's not ours. That's Christ consciousness and that's keeping your beast, your body, your animal in check. Those people that don't know how to do that, they're basically their animal, their beast is off the leash and they're out there. They're the ones that that rape. They're the ones that uh, steal. They're the ones that uh, are politicians. They're the one I'm joking. They are politicians because yeah, they they're, are, you know, they are. <laughs> well, they're the ones that are redirecting everybody else's money to give away. So, but uh, the point is, is that they're taking things that don't belong to them. Um, they call it taxes, they call it whatever. But the point is, is they are taking things that doesn't belong to them. And that's, that's what animals do. You know what I mean? Uh, wolves don't murder. They right. kill because they're a wolf. Yes. So in the animal kingdom, to act like an animal, you you go take the woman you want anytime you want. You go take that other guy's stuff over there because you want it. I mean, that's the animal kingdom. Yes. That's where the alpha males dominate and, and you know what I mean? But we're not that. Man has the conscious ability to make decisions. We don't have to act on impulse. So that space between, you know what I mean, desire and action, that's where we are self-governing. Yes, yes. But what they've really done, though, is they entice us. They get us to want things that don't belong to us, you know, and so we do things that we shouldn't do. But, again, I I, I know this sounds ridiculous. Other than maybe uh, self-medicating a little bit too often, with a decent beer now and then, uh, I don't, I, I got to say, I don't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know, and, yes. and very rarely have I actually ever done anything wrong in my lifetime because I actually do respect other people's stuff. I always have. It doesn't belong to me. Yeah. And, and I only feel good about what I have earned. I don't want anything. I don't want you to give me anything because I haven't earned it. So that's how I live my life. And that's what I expect out of others. And this is where it's going to get a little creepy for people. This is where I don't care what happens to you at this point. <laughs> I'm not saying you specifically. No, yeah, I'm saying for those, for, for those people that think it's okay to take my shit, 
Uh-huh. I don't care what happens to you. Yes. I don't, I don't care what happens to those that believe in welfare state or those that believe in communism. I don't care what happens to you. Yes. Because in nature, it seems counterintuitive, but my nature and the ability that I have to think and consider, that's the world I want to live in. I don't want compulsion. You know what I mean? I don't want coercion. I want people to actually consider and listen to their heart because the heart is the truth detector and and actually do things because it's the right thing to do. Not because they're told to, not because it requires a license, but because it makes sense. When I'm going down my road and it's, you know, slippery, icy, snowy, rainy, I might be able to travel at 45 miles an hour safely. And I'll make that determination. I don't need a sign on the road to tell me how fast to go. Um, you know what? When that, when my front end hits that tree, I'll probably re- I recognize that I was going too fast. Um, <laughs> but I can determine that myself. I'm not a child. Yes. And that's where we're going. I believe that one of two things, are, it's going to shake out. They're going to let us go back to nature. And And by doing that, we're going to see who we really are, and it's not going to be a pretty sight. Yeah, that's definitely going to be interesting. Well, you know, the bad guys will do what the bad guys always do, but I think there's more good than bad, and and ultimately it'll it'll all shake out. And I, again, I don't like bringing police into anything I do because that's all commerce. Yes. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that the castle doctrine still in play, and as a as a living, breathing supreme being, I have the right. Uh, they call it self preservation. I have the right to preserve my own life. I don't need to call in some commercial mall cops to yes. do any of my of my work for me. Yes. But again, this world I'm speaking of is very simple, but it's not easy. You know what I mean? It's not easy because in my world, there is no welfare state. Right. So I'm well, with there you goes in about, this world. Well, there, that, there, there goes about 60% of the population right there. They don't exist. They, they can't exist because without people giving them something, they don't exist. They can't eat. They don't exist. They die. Yes. So again, in nature... Even with my consciousness, I don't want to live this way. I don't want to be responsible for other people uh, through coercion. I don't want to pay for your family to put food on their table. I watched my dad raise six kids and struggle paying taxes so, so that he could pay for other people's food. He could pay for other people's automobiles. He could pay for other people's housing. You know what? My dad shouldn't have had to suffer. I agree. So as far as I'm concerned, everybody that lives that way can go bye-bye. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. It's, it's a horrible thought for many. But like, again, if they came up to me today and said, Kurt, you, we're giving you the reins to the world, I would say, well, not many people are going to like me because I'm going to let it all... <laughs> Natural. I'm going to let it all go. It's all going to go back to the way it should be. Producers produce... Uh, and everybody else can shut the hell up. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> like so, when that's the world I want to want to inhabit and be part of. I mean, I feel like that's the world I am personally in. And I think so. Yeah. I think so. But I don't want to again just because other people can't keep their dog on a leash um, doesn't mean <laughs> uh, you know I don't. But I don't want to be punished. And one last thing about that: people don't understand how bad this world really is. 
They've designed a world where by cutting a piece of me off and putting it into the public pool, mm-hmm. that public pool, you got to think of that pool as all of us having a stake in that pool. Now take the word stake out of it and say equity. We all have a share of that pool. Mm. That's equity. So if one bad guy, let's say Jeffrey Dahmer exists, <laughs> then everything Jeffrey Dahmer does, he is a stake I in. can be held accountable for. Yeah. Because everything he does is part of the public pool. And all of the damage he does, I have to pay for. Yeah. I have to suffer all the bad guys. I make this point all the time. It's these people that are say they're representing you, right? I mean, they don't represent me or anything I stand for. You, you. I think that using the term "an impossible contract," uh, I'm going so to have to. I'm going to start really applying that. I, I, uh, I need to feel more comfortable applying it. Obviously, you just need to know what it means. Go into your Black's Law. Look up impossibility. Look up impossible. Understand what it means to be impossible. There's only two things here. If their character exists, if their debtor exists, if their sinner exists, if that character, that fictional character exists, I don't. So if they're trying to collect on a fictitious sinner, you know what I mean, character, (laughs) then I have to die. For that, yeah. For that character to exist. Yes. And so it's an impossible contract for me to perform because in order for me to perform that contract, I have to sacrifice myself. I I actually have to literally be dead on paper. And I'm not willing to pay that price, and no court would actually force me to. So if you bring that into the situation and say, you know, with all due respect, Your Honor, uh, they're wanting me to play a role, a role here. Mm. For a character that is a true impossible contract. I can't perform that character without killing myself. I have to be dead in order for that character to exist. This is making the total judge, sense to me. And that it's either or. Yeah. This is, that's why it's so simple. It's all or nothing. Yeah. It's all or nothing. And that's why I'm getting it. That's my whole story is it's all or nothing. Truth is all or nothing. Either I'm here or I'm not. Either I'm living or I'm dead. I can't be both. And their court system is based upon me willing to straddle one foot in a grave. All I have to say is, with all due respect, Your Honor, this is an impossible contract to perform. In order for their character, in order for their debtor, in order for their bad guy to exist, I have to be dead because their character is built on a decedent estate. I can't be here. That's why they don't treat you like you're there. That's why they can't hear you. <laughs> Does that make sense? They're yeah. treating you as if you're dead. But if, you, if the words come out of your mouth saying, hey, you know, and maybe you should just attach it. It's an impossible contract that looks like it's going to lead to unjust enrichment. <laughs> put those two together somebody's going to be unjustly enriched by my death which would be the court itself right so bring in the impossible contract and say and and i'm sure that by my my demise my death somebody would be unjustly enriched oh. <laughs> and now you got you know there's no place for anybody to go and the judge is gonna say get the hell out of here <laughs> case dismissed for crying out loud don't, don't ever let me see you again kurt one of the a major thing happened here in our in our lifespan is it major to watch because i'm not playing into it but 
we just saw the queen and all that transactional stuff go on with, I mean, we just went, it's probably still going on, but that was absolutely at the core of this dead estate that everyone is participating in. I think when you find out, um, if you follow this back, you'll see a lot of the English banking, the the ends of the court, um, you'll realize that the king or queen and the Vatican, um, the Domesday Book, all that stuff, uh, they created a, a wonderful system. By the way, this system is not that bad. It would be okay, even for me, it would be okay if they asked me, if I wanted to participate or showed me how to do it. Yes. Because if they, if, if there, if there was an act of subrogation where they just say, listen, I mean, you walk away as soon as you execute your, that character, if you execute that character, um, he becomes the scapegoat. You walk away, but you have to execute that goat, that scapegoat. Mm. That's how they get out. Mm. They get out by executing the scapegoat. Um, it's also known as subrogation. They know how to do that. I don't want to play. See that maybe that's my problem. I don't want to play. I don't want to play. That's where I'm at, and that's where I've it's always either, been. Again, all or nothing. It's yeah. true or it's not true. Yeah. There is no almost true. Yeah. It, it it would be true if that's not true. So all or nothing. Truth is all or nothing. Anything short of truth is a lie by omission. So to me, I don't want to. I don't want to play. I can deal with reality at its worst, but I can't deal with any of the fiction. Yes. Because I don't want to play. I don't have that gene. I, I was not given that performance gene. <laughs> I don't have it. I can't pretend. Same here. <laughs> well, you're in a better place than me because you're 10 years younger. Well, so you, at least there's that. <laughs> there, at least there's that. You're 10 years younger, and, and so you have 10 more years to, to, to take this and run with it. And, uh, but I'm going to say the first seven or eight years of this were hopeless and horrible. Mm. And, and, and now, I mean, it's, it's been about five years, maybe almost six, where things started to really, by 2018, things were getting really interesting. Um, I'm going to tell you on this call, and you probably heard it in a different call, that one week after receiving my third letter in March of 2020, they shut down the global economy. I know they called it COVID. Profound. <laughs> they actually no. They when the president received my third letter, March uh, second week of March, um, when I identified the birth certificate, which is the surety in all the international banks, when I identified it as an abortion and said this is genocide, this is within one week of receipt of that letter, COVID. They shut down the global economy because they were using aborted fetal material as sureties and tying us through joinder to that character. Yes. So imagine if the whole world actually found out that the international banks or the bankers themselves were using aborted fetal material to tie them to the debt. And by the way, what is COVID? C-O-V-I-D. COVID is the insured infant that was cut off of you. That's that surety. That's COVID covered. COV is covered. 
as an insured, yes, covered id entity. Uh, COVID yeah. is the covered id, the covered infant. Yes, um, and that's wow. why they've made you wear a mask, which is the corporate veil <laughs> of that. Of, yeah, I'm not. I'm not joking. This is so severe. They are willing to go to these lengths to cover their tracks, whoever they are. Yes. Um, but again, the truth doesn't have enemies. So no matter what I say, as long as I'm not, as long as it's the truth, I think you're okay. Yes. They may not like it, but it's true. So they're not going to argue with you because it's true. But if you start saying some, there's a bad guy or an enemy out there, then you, then you become the enemy. You become the alternative. You become the problem. But if you're just telling the truth, it is the truth. It's a pretty, pretty uh, yeah. safe place to be. I try to maintain that. It's one of the messages I, I try to maintain, even though it's a constant evolving thing, um, our awareness of it. It is, but it's, it's the root. But I, right, I get the all or nothing of it, and I get that it's the core. But at the same time, my perception or un, I guess, uh, this, the, the, um, integration into my mind tool is where a lot of this happens. I, I, I that, and that's, that's a big part. It's, it's hard. I, I like the word integration. Integrity, integris. Mm-hmm. It, when you when you start adding the one piece that was cut off, the, the, when you start to recognize your wholeness. Yes. Again, my favorite my favorite biblical line. I think I just put it on the back cover of the book or the first book here. It is Luke five thirty one, and and it's the words of Jesus himself where he says, "They that are whole need not a physician," and and that means exactly that. They that are whole need not, you don't need a prescription. You don't need a physician. You don't need to be fixed. You don't need to be repaired. How about this word when you're thinking of the Civil War? You don't need reconstruction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Didn't they come up with the reconstructive acts? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they were. Th- th- that way they could reconstruct you because you're broken. And so that's where the administrative process came in. That's where the 14th Amendment citizenship came in. So, again, the Reconstructive Acts sounds like a medical operation to me. Reconstructive surgery. You asked me earlier about some of my genealogical stuff. There's a lot of French in there. And, um, that were Huguenots. And I started, I didn't actually know very much about them, by the way. And I had to learn about them. I didn't understand all of that. And so now the more I'm starting to come into all this with a brighter light, I suppose, all of that stuff is now falling in place for me. And not just the French Huguenots, but all of, all of it is starting to really look differently, I suppose. I think that when you, rather than go for all the fluff, you know, all the weird stuff, I think true, the, the actual is beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful. And knowing, learning the reality of your family, learning, like you said, um, the French have always been demonized a, a certain way yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, the English just as, just as bad uh, for whatever reason. I mean, I agree that men will push things to limits, you know, before they get slapped 
awake that maybe what they're doing isn't a good thing. Um, I actually believe that we have a tendency to just get, you know, what do they call it? The frog in the kettle type thing Mm -hmm. where we just get further and further and further away until all of a sudden we lost our humanity and we don't even know how we got there. Um, that's where we're at now. We're at a place right now where, um, we're so far away from, from, from what it takes. And I'm not talking religion or anything spiritual or whatever, but I mean, I have that in me. I vibrate at that level. Yeah. And, and, it feels good to me. I mean, it feels good to me. I don't feel like I have any enemies. And I think you can disarm the worst possible characters. Um, I'll give you a, a, a weird story. I was going to a jewelry school down in Quincy, Illinois. Um, and, and it was, I, I had to take an apartment sight unseen. You know, I mean, I was up here in Rockford and I was going to school and, you know, I'm leaving in a month or whatever. I had to find an apartment, but I couldn't drive down there to, to look at them. So I took an apartment that looked like it was close to school. Now, Quincy, Illinois is a river town. Mm-hmm. And when I got down there, I was like the only white guy in the area. <laughs> I'm surprised to the hear only. that. Well, well, it was a really rough area of Quincy. Okay. And what's interesting is the school was, it was called uh, Gem, Gem City College or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was only like 22. So I got down there and I look at this apartment and I'm driving a new car, you know, because I was working at an aerospace company at the time and I had a $800 Alpine stereo in the car. Oh. <laughs> and I drive into this neighborhood and I go, ah, uh, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Bad I'm hood for trouble. this stereo. I'm in yeah. the hood. The word hood hadn't even been created yet, you know, but I'm in the hood. And what's funny is just my, my own nature. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was on an unbelievable track team. Um, racism never even played into my mindset because to me, I just want the best. I want to be, I want the best guys on the team. Don't care what color you yeah. are. It doesn't matter. Never matter. I just want the best. I want to be around the best. Yes. The guys that really perform at high levels. So I didn't really care about any of that shit ever. Um, so I get down to Quincy and, and that same mindset, you know, I'm thinking I'm just here for school. So I'll figure this out. I always had a tendency to drink. I, I, I've always liked beer. I had a great beer can collection as a kid. I started drinking at like <laughs> 10 or 11 because I love the smell of beer. So I'm not drinking it. to get drunk. You know what I mean? So I, I, I know beer from all over the world. I, I have my taste. Yes. And I'm, drink, I'm drinking one now, as a matter of fact. But the point is, is that <laughs> I went down there, and it looked scary initially. And then I started going to school and doing my thing. And then I met some of the guys in the neighborhood. Um, one of the guys I met just happened to have gotten out of prison and it was a big black guy. I mean, this guy was really big. They called him big red. I don't know why, but that's what they call him. Big red. And him and I hit it off. I mean, seriously hit it off. I'm, I'm this 22 year old blonde kid. I'm not naive, but I am. And I, I'm definitely unlike anything in that neighborhood at that point in time. With a new car, new stereo and everything. <laughs> and he just got out of prison. He just spent five years in prison. Oh, shit. And, I'm, and here I am drinking, you know, Ripple or Old English 800 on a porch with Big Red. <laughs> and we're talking and having a great time. And I'm, 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 it is comical. But you know what it was is vibrationally. Yes, yes. That's all it really was is he didn't see me as a threat. I wasn't a threat. I didn't see him as a threat. It was actually fun. Yes. To be around that neighborhood. I went to a party. I, again, only white guy. I lost my wallet. 
because I have a tendency to lose things when I'm drinking. <laughs> I lost my wallet and had money in it, had all kinds of whatever. And the next day, it, you know, Big Red brings it over to me. Hey, you lost this over at the party last night. Yes. See? And I'm thinking, why is it that I don't have a problem with anybody? It's because I, I am them. You know, I'm not trying to be them. I am them. And, and they are me. And so to, to go to this place, you know, not, I'm not challenging anybody. I'm not trying to be anything more. I'm just me. And it's okay. Yes. And everybody sees it as that. So I'm not, I'm not insider, outsider. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, and it was really a hell of a great um, experience down there. And I had a lot of fun with these guys. Never, never had any problems whatsoever. And it's been like that my whole life. And I like the way it works out for me. Yeah. You know, I've been taken advantage of here and there, you know, by allowing a little too much leeway for guys that I shouldn't give, Yeah, you know, that leeway to. That's part of it. I've lived, I tend to like old houses and in my era that, you know, the white flight happened and all the cool old houses ended up in the hood. And sure. so I've, I've been that person that lives in the hood in the cool old house and, yeah. and I've never had a problem, any of those experiences. And then when I lived in Chicago, I was in Wicker Park when it was the ghetto, no problems. I lived in Pilsen, Southside, no problems with Scott, as I was telling you earlier, Scott. So, but that's because of you. Right, I recognize it's because that. of you. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean, it can get scary. But a lot of times, if I can't, the big thing for me is if I'm with somebody, my wife or grandkids or whatever. You know, I now I'm starting to think, how can I protect these people? Well, things because are if it's just me. Something if, changed though, and you know this, right? I mean, that's kind now of it, so. That's the thing that I think is really here is something major happened. Obviously, you and bringing, as a living man, bringing this to the attention of, of the civil world has is part and parcel for this. But do you think that's the, what's going on? Because we got the introduction of what I call the bite or what we call the bite. I mean, a lot of people call it the bite, B-Y-T-E or juiced or, you know, injection, whatever you want to call it. This has been a game changer. It's patentable. I mean, everyone's patent now. Well, that's what, when they, when they, lost their ability to use the birth certificate, which was a voluntary character. Yes. Um, and, but remember, it was a fetal maternal organ that was certificated. So they could join you to their cause of action through that character. Join yes, you. yes. Well, if I take that away from them by calling it an abortion, which it was and yeah. is, yeah, um, they don't have suretyship. They don't have any way to uh, uh, warrant. They have no warrant tours anymore. Mm. So now they immediately had to come up with an alternative, alternative, alternative. <laughs> they had to find a way to alternate or to add a claim. 
And the only way I know they could do that was by adding their patented product to your biology. Yes. So they have a, a vaccine or whatever you want to call it that attaches to your biology, and now you have a partner. Yes. In your biology. Yes. Because nature is unpatentable and they can't patent your biology, so they added their material to yours, and now you and them are partners in your life. And I think that I personally think of that as like kind of a a little bit of hell, you know, in my opinion. So, well, it is hell. Yeah, it is hell because the definition of hell is a room under the stairs of the exchequer, which is would be a debtor. Yes. So that that's hell by definition. Oh man! And hell is for children. Uh, yes. Yes. Oh my God! According to her. And we got cut off again, which is interesting. But this happens with high-powered or high-energetic people rather often, as you all know here. And also, Kurt is at a different level than nearly everyone else. And I mean that lovingly on all sides. I mean that all from a loving space because I'm blown away by the depth of the content here. This to me is at the core of literally everything here in in this that we call reality. And so it's really something for my mind to engage some of these concepts on such a deep level that goes right, cuts right to the spiritual core for me and the nature of reality. But that is my place in all this right now. You may be at a different place. It's all about the art of becoming, really, and coming into these ideas and it's like a layer cake in so many different ways uh the way it's stacking together the way reality is nesting in on itself and so with that i want to thank the producers of this show wise night owl yogi chander cassie christy tesmer eric peterson heather jake vanick jason lamson Jessica Lynn, J.H. Armstrong, Kate Kuklken, Laura Dunn, Louise B., Marcy Shapiro, Mark Betcher, Melanie Poe, Mia Bell, Michael Wachter, Michael Watts, Neil McNaughton, Noelle Jeanette, Pamela Hodal, Stephen Mercer, Babs are genealogist extraordinaire and uh, moderator on the live chats, as well as JJ, Rain de Blanc Brand, our moderator extraordinaire as well. 
Thank you so much to everyone that comes to the Speakeasy and everyone that spends their time and monies here. It is with gratitude and thanks that I come to you with these outros. I take none of it for granted and I feel the love. So I just want to make sure that comes back round and is acknowledged at all times. The dreamer loves the dream. The dreamer feeds the dream. The dreamer awakens within the dream. Thank you for dreaming here with me in the Cosmic Salon.